Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, filling in for Susan Littlefield here today. And joining us for today's program to round out the trading week, it is PJ Conrad from Trade Haas, uh, based there in Lincoln. Uh, PJ, thanks for visiting with us here today and being on the program, wrapping up a trading week here. Uh, and we got a lot of green to talk about. Boy, uh, somebody, uh, somebody did something with wheat here, up double digits across the board, all three of them. And then, uh, we had soybeans up over 20 cents, and uh, it looks like corn was kind of along to, to follow here today, up uh, what looks four to seven cents, give or take. Just give us some general comments about today's trade on a Friday. What were uh, what were some of the things in play today? Well, you know, Chad, uh, TGIF, and that's what the grain market said, too. Corn up seven, like you said. Deese back at, what, five or 492, excuse me, uh, March at 507. I guess it's looking at corn to start off. You know, we've really had a pretty dramatic pullback in the last 30 days, right? Going back to about mid-July to uh, here early week, we scored some of those early week lows that looks like maybe are going to hold as we go into next week. And general market momentum, I mean, we bottomed out probably Monday, Tuesday this week. And as we work off that, heading back towards what, 492 and a half was the close, which closed above the 10-day moving average right around 491. So it's always a supportive thing, I think, to see going on the weekend. Five's always that you know, next hurdle just from a round number standpoint. I guess to pick out some levels if you want to say, hey, where do you think the market could for potentially go? That 520 to 535 level uh, would seem to be our, our really a chance of opportunity there to get back to that. And then if you shift the gears over soybeans, uh, that, that thing's been an up and down windy trade for the last, what, 10 trading sessions. But I think not to get too deep into the next week's weather and, and we can get into all that but soybeans probably got a decent chance 1380 there's a gap in the chart on the november beans so i think you look at your first stop say hey that could be a spot and then 14 another round number and also a lot of choppiness that happened there you flip over to the kansas city wheat variety you want to talk about getting kicked in the teeth uh chad that was uh, what july 20th we were at 920 and we're at 760 today so uh, that's quite the uh, rip back and forth. So they're getting some back, but that's that's been a wild ride. If you look at all those, though, and snapshot them and say, like we said a month ago, we were at higher prices, right? And that's when you know general momentum in the market was showing points of strength. And then we've rolled over and had consistently worked to uh, now it would be the point of weakness earlier this week. And now we're building back off that. So the, the number one curiosity that comes off that as you work off a point of weakness is what what are the levels we could go to? And you don't know that uh, on as you work back to strength of how high or what the price could be. But you can make some pretty good conclusions, say on the wheat side, that 780 to uh, and then maybe even the 8, 820 type level as we move back to those moving averages. But like we were talking before we got on air, we also got a lot of uh, things coming at us in the next week with the crop tour and uh, warmer weather, Chad. Yeah, well, let's uh, hit on a few of them. And I, I guess we kind of maybe start in wheat today because it was such a dramatic move here today. Um, and, you know, just kind of wondering where we are in the production cycle with most of the winter wheat harvested. I know we got a little ways to go here on spring wheat yet, but uh, what do you think was the catalyst for this movement in wheat today? You know, if it's a uh, fun step in, it's interesting that wheat did have as big as a day as it did. Um, I guess I really haven't read much what the fundamental catalyst was. And world wheat obviously was up too, but you see, I guess we see an export of corn to Mexico. We didn't see anything maybe on the uh, the wheat side of things. You know, 
we can talk Ukraine, uh, Russia, another you know, drone attack in Moscow overnight. Does that have something to do with it? I don't know, but it, it definitely was the leader in the clubhouse anyways. They're kind of right there with soybeans going into the weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shift gears and, and, and do talk about soybeans because uh, uh, we have a heat event that's coming in right as these pods are filling in some uh, major production areas. Right, uh, PJ? Oh, yeah. Uh, you look at this forecast the next seven days. looks like we're pretty uh, 99 to 102 till about next Friday. So assuming that uh, hangs in there, we're in for some heat. That definitely is going to affect the soybean crop, maybe more so than the corn as it comes to yield, like you said taken off some of the top end yield there and i think it probably depends areas of the u.s that have gotten ample amount of rains in the last seven seven days maybe it doesn't affect them as much but there's a lot of uh, spots that haven't got enough or uh, you know just any of this type of heat this late in the years is never exactly what you're looking for so it'll change the dynamic and if nothing else uh you don't know how that's going to affect yield in a big picture, right? Because we've had a good August up to this point. So does it speed them along? How much yield does it take off, et cetera? And, and that can get pretty spotty. And, yes, it's a widespread heat, but it's hard to make that conclusion. But what I do know is they can get the market excited in the short term to give us opportunities to sell maybe a $14 number or $13.80 number. And so you got to focus on that. And I can't worry about is the yield there or not, although it would seem that that would take some yield off. Okay. Uh, just quickly, uh, uh, Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour next week. What do you think uh, are the keys from that that you'll be watching? Uh, always excited to watch those guys go through. I think they do a really good job over there of snapshotting everything and putting it together in a clean, clear, concise method. You'll be interested interested to see what, you know, say the east looks like. That's probably because you get a little bit of a bias here as we sit in Nebraska. You feel like you kind of got a handle on what's here and in the Dakotas. Uh, just the variability and how dry it was there to start the year in the early planted corn. What does that look like today versus maybe some of the later planted stuff that got the moisture earlier? And so uh, that's always a fun fun tour. And really, if you look back over history, the market doesn't move uh, typically a ton to the high side in the last 16 years during that rally or during the that tour last year though that we were up 41 cents on the week during the tour so hey if we got for praying for anything over the weekend then we've repeated last year and hopefully the uh there's a pop-up shower or two that happens next week through this heat yeah all right pj conrad from trade haas in lincoln joins us on today's fontanelle final bell program again uh, coming up in the second half we'll maybe talk a little bit about, about the corn uh, take a look at over at livestock too uh, a green day over there as well to round out the week stay tuned the second half of the fontanelle final bell is coming up next here on the rural radio network Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by P.J. Conrad from Trade Haas in Lincoln. Uh, P.J., we we haven't talked much about corn on today's program. So uh, just, uh, again, kind of recapping that, uh, the quietest of the grains today, four to seven higher, it looks like, at the settlements. Uh, just along for the ride, coasting into the weekend, what's going on with corn? 
Yeah, we had a little export news overnight. Um, it looks like maybe Brazilian values are up as well, 10 to 15 cents overnight. So it would seem like we are building something here at corn. You know, I think it's clear that these corn is not, uh, I'd say, over, overly expensive at 485. But, you know, the sixth the number is probably not. I mean, it's a fair, call it a fair price on corn, somewhere in that 520 to 550 range would sure seem to be the number uh, we'd settle out on here. At some points, we rally back towards the moving averages. I think when you look at that, and you can be, I, I don't want to say everyone, but it seems like there's maybe a lot of guys that feel like they're undersold uh, in the corn market. You, know, you had a quick run to six there in late June, and then another pop here, what, a month ago to 560. And now as we wind into harvest, it's always in everyone's mind to be, you know, internally optimistic, right? You know, the yield's not going to be there. Pro farmer's going to find that. We're going to run back to 580, and that'll take care of our, our issues, and we'll get more sold. But I, you know, whether that happens or not, I don't know. I think you've got to be proactive, though, on upward-moving markets, just because no matter if you shave, you know, bushel or two off yield, it's still not, uh, you're not going to get down to 1.4, 1.5 billion bushel carryout where you argue maybe six or better type dollar corns where we need to be. You're still staring at a pretty large corn crop. And so by and large, we're going to have, you know, quote unquote, too much corn on hand to buy warrant 550 to $6 corn for any sustained period of time, most likely. So I guess in my mind, you got to be a seller of these rallies and take advantage of them. And the drivers of them moving forward, I mean, basis will help find a lot of these weak spots. And you're starting to find, see some, there's going to be some early harvest premiums out there, especially something to keep an eye on, you know, your last half set type values from a basis aspect. If you think you can get that out of the field uh, and last half set or dryer or what have you, uh, you're looking at 40, 50 cent premiums. So every penny counts in that too. Yep. All right. So you mentioned it before, but uh, just taking a look at the technicals, is there as you look at the charts, is there anything that really stands out to you that, uh, yeah, perhaps this might, uh, you know, make an action item based on what you're seeing, PJ? Yeah, I think one thing, okay, so we're coming off weakness, right? And so as we trend back toward the point of strength, you look, where could we go? Um, Usually when you get gaps in the chart, they like to be filled, right? Uh, there's a pretty sizable cap, say at 528 down to 523, give or take there. And so that needs to get filled at some point. That seemed to be the first target, which would be right in line with, say, the uh, 50 and 100 day moving averages, right in that 527 to 536. You get above there, there are some larger or higher gaps at the $6 type level, but I don't know from a fundamental catalyst what's going to push us there. I think that's where you start trying to draw out how how small would the crop have to get in order for us to get there. So just looking at the chart today, like I said, I think that 520 to 535 level is very attainable. You get above that, 562 is your 200-day moving average, so we're going to get met with some by selling once we hit that or get close to it. And then anything above there, you're going to need some fundamental catalyst to probably push us to those higher highs unless we start building demand somewhere else. I said it before this spring, and I'll say it again, you get in these supply scare rallies like we've been having, they're short-lived or they're fast and they're quick and you gotta be active on them, where it's the difference what we've had the last two years where they're demand-driven rallies. Those are longer lasting and have a longer opportunities within them because 
you always have something that's feeding that bull every day where now you can only talk about losing bushels off a crop for so many days in a row before it's like, well, we digested that news next. All right, PJ, uh, we should probably talk about livestock here right quick before we run out of time, but it was a green day for both cattle and hog futures. Uh, thoughts over on the mercantile today? You know, uh, cattle have been another good day for them, right? Uh, just looking at kind of the ock market on fats up 60 cents. Looks like they should be making a run. You know, we're coming off a little bit of point of uh, weakness here. They've been choppy. You know, I don't, making a run back towards 180, I think, is pretty realistic. So another dollar there. Uh, feeders had a great day again. Uh, ox up a dollar. Similar with them, it looked like they could kind of push back lower. But all the meats in general made a run today, especially like you said, Chad Hogs coming off uh, a couple tough tough trading sessions here this week to really pop up like they did i guess everyone bought their pork butts and bacon for the weekend yeah absolutely pj it's so good to have you on the air thank you so much for your insight and the information today again pj conrad is with trade Haas in lincoln thanks again for being on the program today just a reminder trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss might not be suitable for all investors that is today's fontenelle final bell it's brought to you by fontenelle hybrids and your local fontenelle dealer here on the rural radio network i'm chad moyer reporting